Well, we're all in, aren't we? <laughs> Someone said, was that a good title for a... <laughs> in the, all in can mean all sorts of different things. But anyway, that's the title of uh, the series that we're in at the moment. Uh, we're all in. And uh, we're going to hear from um, Stuart about today's. Hello everyone. Partnership is about all of us understanding that we can make a difference. Our gifts, talents and giving really are of great value. A book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell tells the story of how in just over a decade New York City was radically changed. In the 1970s and 80s, New York was one of the crime capitals of the world, but a decade later became one of the safest cities in the world. Seemingly, it was small things that caused a tipping point. Two men helped turn things around. The first was a man called David Gunn, the subway director, who decided to remove graffiti from trains. Second, William Bratton, focused on people who were avoiding paying to travel. One principle to highlight how change can take place is the broken window principle. This is written about in the book. The idea is that when a family, business or church looks as if no one cares, almost like the way a house looks when broken windows are evident, then no one will care and more windows will be broken. People who are all in care about the church and the community and believe that their contribution really matters. Instead of looking at what needs mending, we all take responsibility for cleaning the graffiti and mending the windows. Have a great, great day. Clearing the graffiti and mending the windows. Yeah. Well, this week we continue then this, to develop this culture of partnership. We are family. We do things together. That's the all-in bit. And today we're talking about serving together. No, I'm not talking about tennis. Uh, the dictionary definition, to do a service for a person or a community, to do a service for a person or a community. And we think of restaurants and hotels uh, and so forth. We all know when we've been well looked after. Do you know when you've been for a meal, when you've been to a hotel, and somehow what you remember about it is the way that you were looked after there. And you say, well, so they really looked after us there. They really served us well. I think of a guy called Albert at my uh, church down in London. The day we moved in, he was the first visitor to us. Our, our removal van was, was in the yard unloading. He arrived. He was, about, he, he was uh, a, a prisoner of war. From, he was German. He was a prisoner of war, and he married an English lady and then lived in this. And he was a member of the church. And he came to see what he could do. 
And right the way through my time there for 14 years in that church, he was the guy that you went to if you wanted something done. Uh, and he would normally just, just come and just, just be there and just do things for you. Do you know somebody like that? <laughs> you know? Just somebody who is there, who doesn't actually even wait, but actually comes and says, may I do this uh, for you? I hope somebody comes to mind. Uh, and I, by the way, took his funeral last year. Uh, so he finally went to be with the Lord. But he was a very precious man. What did he do? He served. He knew how to serve. And it, and it, and it just communicated Jesus. And it was a blessing certainly to, to me. There are certain people that you do want to ask to do a job uh, that you know that if you go and ask them that they probably will do it and will be able to do it. And there are some people that you don't go and ask, aren't there? It has to be said because you think, I don't think that they're going to, to do this. So we tend to sort of pick those sort of things up, don't we? So I wonder what sort of person you are. Are you one of the people that people will come to for things to be done uh, or one of the others or somewhere in between. Anyway, the disciples, they had a lesson on serving from their master, Jesus. And uh, we can find this in John 13. So if you'd like to stick that up, let's uh, see this story, shall we? It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you're clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit. And, uh, well, that was, uh, that's going on later. We'll, we'll leave that just for a little later. Thank you. Now, foot washing, let's remember that first century feet were caked in dirt and, uh, and all sorts of stuff, <laughs> okay, that, 
that they got onto their feet. Uh, there were lots of horses and cattle around and so forth. So to wash feet was a very lowly, demeaning job. And that's, by the way, why the disciples hadn't offered, had they, to do it. Why did Jesus do it? Well, he says there, doesn't he? I have set you an example. I've set you an example. So, question, should we be washing one another's feet? Well, yes and no. (laughs) Yes, foot washing is still carried out and can be a very humbling and moving act of service. Have you ever had your feet washed by somebody? Anybody here? No? You have, Irene. Yes, you have. Yes. It's quite an experience, isn't it? Uh, it's done sometimes within groups or you know, within a, a healing sort of uh, uh, um, atmosphere. Uh, it can be done within the context of a service. Uh, uh, I- interesting that, that none of you have done. It's because it's not in our culture, is it? Uh, but it's actually it is quite an interesting thing if you allow somebody, and of course that's the point of it, allowing it. Somebody touching your feet is quite an intimate thing, isn't it? It's not a thing that we're, we're used to. Uh, so, so, yes, that can still have a, a bearing uh, on life. But it's not, it's not our culture and it's not a thing that, that we do very often. And uh, I connect group leaders, you might like to consider that sometime. I can tell you that's quite a, a game changer <laughs> if you actually wash one another's feet there. It, it leads to quite a uh, conversation. Um, and there was Peter saying, you'll never wash my feet. <laughs> and there's some of you thinking now, you're never going to wash my feet. <laughs> or have you seen my feet? <laughs> and that's another issue, isn't it? You don't want anybody to see our feet. But, of course, no, it isn't about foot washing so much. It's about being the principle of being willing to do what needs to be done. Now, I was thinking about this. I don't imagine Jesus planned this beforehand because he couldn't have known whether our feet were going to be washed or not, could he? Unless he really knew, well, there's going to be no servant there and, and I'm blowed if anybody else will. But I don't imagine he planned it beforehand. I, 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 I imagine this was something. He looked around for what needed doing, you know, and thought, foot washing. But there's a, he, he saw what needed to be done. It's wonderful, isn't it, when someone offers to meet your need without your needing to ask. Can I give you a lift on Tuesday? I know you'll be on your own on Saturday. Do you want to come round? Can I pick up your daughter from school while you're recuperating from your accident? Do you know people like that? <laughs> Who are thinking ahead as to what is going on in your life, thinking, I don't think she's going to have a car on Thursday. Perhaps I need to offer a lift. You see, it's something that needs doing. Jesus said, you also should wash one another's feet. So let's see what this kind of serving looks like. Um, First of all, serving is costly. Thanks, uh, Kian. Well, of course it's costly, isn't it? Washing other people's feet will not be convenient to start with. It will cost you time and mean getting your hands dirty. But of course, I'm not just talking about feet washing, but serving. It will involve sacrifice. 
Jesus went on to give his life for us on the cross. And this is our example. By the way, he started with foot washing, but he actually went on to giving his life on the cross. And he said, I came not uh, to be served, but to serve, didn't he? This is, uh, uh, and, and he said, not as I will, but as you will, didn't he, in Gethsemane. This was Paul's experience of serving through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying yet we live on, beaten yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing yet possessing everything. That was uh, the experience of Paul. And you're thinking, well, that was Paul. It involves loving those who don't love us. And that's the issue, isn't it? Jesus washed uh, Judas' feet as well. (laughs) Imagine washing the feet of somebody that you know is going to betray you. And so we do things for people who actually are not necessarily going to be doing us good. That's the, the sort of spirit of service that Jesus calls us to not just doing things for the people that we like doing things for serving then is costly secondly serving is caring now attitude here is is everything have you ever been served in a shop or a cafe by someone who actually couldn't care less that's an interesting term isn't it couldn't care less uh we we know that they're sort of doing something for us but actually they're doing it in a manner that says I, I don't care who you are and I couldn't care less but I'm just doing this because I'm paid well Jesus loved his disciples although they all let him down uh, and in uh, verse 33 of John 13 he calls them little children he uses a, a word technia a Greek word that's a term used by parents for their little child it's a word of deep affection and warmth and love And Jesus uses this of his disciples who are going to all leave him that night and leave him on his own after they scatter in Gethsemane. He loves them. We need to ask God for his compassion, don't we, for the world, if we're to serve in his name. This sort of compassion that that Jesus showed because it's not something that we naturally have, is it? Serving is caring, attitude of caring. Thirdly, serving is commitment. Uh, Could I have slides? I think it's seven, uh, verses 37, 36, and 38. Great. Uh, So Peter said, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows... You will disown me three times. Peter said, I'll lay down my life for you. But he then disowns him when fear grips him. You know, when fear grips us, we just, we we become a different person, don't we? We don't do the things that we say that we were going to do. And aren't we just like that? We're full of faith here in this little uh, gathering. But actually, 
it's different when we get out there and suddenly the things that we've promised become a little bit more difficult out there. Be encouraged that Jesus knew Peter's heart and he forgave him and he enabled him to become Peter the rock. Actually, it, was a good, it, it ended up well, didn't it? In the end. Folks, we, we let Jesus down, don't we? If you're like me, sort of constantly, there are things that we don't do. We, we need to be committed to him. He even forgives the times because he knows the, the, the potential in us to be. There's a person that's been made in us, in you. It's often in your name or in something that, that God has spoken into your life that is there. It's a potential. And, and God's determined to bring it forth, you know, in you. However many times you fail, there's that person in you that God is bringing forth. And he's doing it even now. He's doing it through painful things uh, as well as through good things, often more through painful things. When you think, what is going on in my life? Well, actually, the person that you really are is being drawn forth uh, out of you. So let's not be afraid to be committed to, to Jesus committed to being his servant. Fourthly, Christ, serving is Christ-centered. Uh, I want to say this. It's not natural to serve other people in a caring, costly, committed way. It, that, that is not natural. That is not what the world does. And we will soon run out of the desire to serve. Uh, I don't know whether you ever look uh, ahead in your Bible reading notes. Does anybody ever look ahead to something the next day or something like that? Well, I just happen to see this. This is tomorrow's reading, but listen. Uh, this lady writes, I'm not your servant. I half grunted, half spoke to one of my kids as I got on my hands and knees to pick up pasta that he decided to deposit on the floor. Then a thought struck me. I hope Jesus didn't hear me say that. <laughs> have you ever said that I'm not your servant <laughs> we've all uh, mostly I think we parents have said it to children haven't we? I'm not your servant actually you are <laughs> actually I am your servant actually you are my servant actually you are a servant to those outside that you don't think you've got any responsibility to. So if you catch yourself saying, I'm not your servant, know that serving is actually Christ-centered. It, 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 it means knowing this truth, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What do we mean by that? We mean that it's not natural to love in that way. The natural you says, I'm not your servant. What do you, th you, know, what do you think I am? And the Jesus in you, and by the way, this ain't, won't happen unless Jesus is in you, actually says, uh, you can do this. I love this person. Serve them. Serve them because I love them and I want to do this through you. It's supernatural. Get my meaning? It's not natural. This sort of love that is uh, given out, that serves other people, 
is Christ-centered. It's, it's centered on the person of Jesus. And we need his power. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. How encouraging that, that the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, when I think that I've run out of love and I think, I just don't even feel love for that. I see that and I say, and God says to me, the love of God has actually been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit that has been given to you. Can I say that to each one of you? The love of God has been poured into your heart. Whether you allow that out of your heart and through your hands into somebody else and show it to somebody, that is your decision. But you have got the love of God in your heart. And if you begin to actually do that move of serving somebody else, you will find that the love of God... You've you probably heard the story of um, Corrie ten Boom. It comes to mind. Uh, she was this lovely Dutch lady uh, who was, uh, uh, helped Jews and was put into a prisoner of war camp. And uh, one of the guards uh, was uh, very cruel to her and unkind. Uh, anyway, she survived through and at the end of the war she was somewhere when she, she was in the church wasn't she and uh, oh welcome Darren uh, she was in the church and uh, suddenly coming towards her was this guard this is after the war with his hand outstretched saying oh, nice to see you do you know I've now become a Christian well she said I physically could not my hand would not come up to meet his she said, oh, because naturally she, you know, she, she wanted to hate this man. This man had done so much uh, bad in her life. And here he was with his hand outstretched. So she said, God, help me. Help me, please. And, 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 and she gradually felt her hand able to come up and grasp his. And as she grasped his hand, this compassion suddenly flowed from her heart. And she suddenly felt completely differently towards him but she needed the help of God didn't she she it wasn't a natural thing and and some of people would have just turned around and said don't think I'm going to shake your hand and most of us haven't had atrocities done to us like she would have done but Jesus compassion came through her hand and he will his compassion will come through yours as well if you will actually put your hand out or you will serve in that way. So serving is Christ-centered. Finally, serving is communicating. The world is waiting for someone to show the authentic love of Jesus. It was seen in Mother Teresa, wasn't it? Somehow that grabbed people's attention. She communicated somehow in what she was doing, the costly love of God as she served the poor. She just gave herself to that and somehow that epitomized what a Christian should be and yet we, we held it up there in fact she was made a saint wasn't she well she's a saint anyway but uh, uh, we say well I couldn't be a mother Teresa I think she just had one garment on and one garment in the wash that, that was all she owned and she just served the poor but that epitomized she showed the love of God to the poor and the world sits up and takes notice. I think world leaders used to go and meet her, didn't they? You know, this, this lady. Now, those sort of acts are happening, by the way, all over the world. And, and you will know maybe some people, and you know, some returning missionaries and other such folk. And, and 
much closer to hand, I'm quite sure. There's a costly love going on in Windermere, in Norwich. And, and it's, it's, what, it's the real thing, isn't it? It's the obedience to love one another as I have loved you in an act of service. And when that act of service, by the way, it's not so much words, it's, it's actions, isn't it? And, and that people, it somehow communicates the love of Jesus. Oh, that, that person's a Christian. No, they're doing that. We don't want to be just known as do-gooders, do we? But we, we do want to be known as those who care and love and serve in a way that is quite costly and different from what goes on in the world. Because it said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples. By this. By what? If you love one another. That, that's what actually, that's the real litmus test that, will show, that the world will say, oh, you must be disciples of Jesus because you're showing love. So as I finish, let's look again at Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And I want us to see what Jesus' secret was. Uh, and I think it's slide one, please, Kian. Uh, right the way back, I want verses two. two uh, that's right. Now, look at this second bit just here. Uh, starting uh, with Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God, and that he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. I want us to, 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 to end on this, you know. First of all, he knew who he was. He knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He knew what he had come to do, that he had come from God, and that he knew where he was going, that he was returning to God. Unless you know who you are, and we sang it, didn't we, today, a son of God, I'm your child, you're a good, good father, and I'm your child. Unless you know you're a child of a loving father, dearly loved. Unless you know what you're called to, and that's to be a bringer of the kingdom of God wherever you go, through the loving service, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that you know where you're going eternally, that you are born again, that you've received the gift of eternal life, and you have a mansion in heaven reserved for you, Unless you know who you are, what you're called to do, and where you're going, I don't think you'll be able to wash people's feet. Because there's too much pride in us. There's too much that's wanting actually what the world has to offer. And unless we know and we're confident and we're secure in the person that we are, and say, Lord, I've got nothing to prove. I am loved by God. I, I am here to be a bringer of the kingdom of God. Lord, may your kingdom come in me today, wherever I go. May your kingdom come in me, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that, that I'm going to meet with you in heaven, Lord. Thank you. That, that there's a security in that. If you don't know that, you won't be able to love in this way. And it's one thing to say, oh, well, let's all serve. But actually, we have to serve out of this resource of the love of God in our hearts. Yes, to serve with compassion, 
not to serve with a sense of, aren't I looking good doing this? Won't they be thankful when I do this? And, and, and I hold my hand up. I've done all those things as well. But I want it to be genuine. And so the challenge to us is to be like Jesus. The challenge to us is to wash one another's feet. He said, I've set you an example that you also might wash one another's feet. And, and that is whatever is needs doing that is before you. It can be in your family. Sure, it will be within the, the, the church setting as well. But I want that just to be the beginning. It, it's out there. It's being willing to serve out there. You, you and I have a responsibility to serve others outside. It could be in the supermarket queue. It could be at the bus stop or on the bus. It can be wherever you are. It could be in the shed. That's where some of us are. Where are you? In your school? In your place of work? That's the challenge to us, isn't it? I'm here. Here are my hands to serve. 